Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the She's Speaking podcast. I'm Bryn. And I'm Jamie. And we're your hosts, and we are your go-to place for girl talk, college tips, and life advice. So welcome back, everybody. We're excited to have another episode. What, which one are we on now, even? I don't even remember. Oh, me either. Let me... It's probably, like, eight or something like by now. Or, yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy to think that we're that far into this now. Yeah. I just checked our Spotify, and this is our ninth episode, actually. I scrolled back. Oh. Wow. We're almost a double digit, you guys. Crazy. We're going to get there. Exciting. I feel like we're gonna hit a milestone. So thanks if you stuck with us for this long. <laughs> for real. Alright. But yes, today we have another episode for you guys, and we wanted to talk a little more about, you know, time management and kind of how to balance uh, you know, different things in your life, whether you have work, school, you know, trying to be social trying to find a full-time job after college because that's what I'm doing right now and y'all it's a lot. That takes a lot of time in itself. You don't think about how much like interviewing and applying and fixing your resume how much time that takes. Oh yeah like literally in my one of my friends put it this way and it's so true it's literally a full-time job trying to find a full-time job. <laughs> It really is. It's that much. And I was like, that's so true. Exactly. But yeah, so we're going to kind of give us, uh, give y'all our tips that we've learned on how we've been successful doing this and just different things that you can implement in your life to hopefully have a better balance with everything. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these tips will apply whether you're in college or not, whether you're working or not sort of no matter where you're at a lot of these will apply to you they're not specifically like studying specific or anything like that so um but yeah I think honestly my first one is whether you're you know working from home you're working on your classes or whatever you're doing it's to take breaks throughout the day and don't just sit there and try to grind for eight hours straight and not, you know, not even stop for lunch because one, you'll get burned out from doing that. And then Tuesday is going to be even harder than Monday was. But also you'll be like more, the work you do will be more like effective and be better if you take those small breaks throughout the day. Um, so, I mean, that can just be maybe you work for um, an hour and then you take a 10 minute break or you know, you do two hours and then you get a small break after that. Just whatever works for you and um, just sort of plan that out ahead of time. And that's going to help you stay like productive and motivated throughout the day. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I get burnt out easily. And I'm like, I'm the kind of person that like I want to power through and like get what I'm getting done done. But sometimes you just get to a point where like, it's like writer's block or something where you just you just can't get past it and no matter how dang long you try to force yourself to do it it's just not going to come and so that's why yeah just stepping away even just for a few minutes like 
get on TikTok for five minutes. It's not bad, people. I mean, you can't spend an hour on it. You know, you got to watch yourself. You set a time but, or something. Oh, yeah. Set a time limit. Do a time or something, whatever you got to do. But spend a few minutes on it and then come back or go out and walk for a few minutes and then come back to whatever you're doing. And like you said, I promise you'll be a lot better with the way that you think and the way that you approach your work after you've taken a small break to recharge. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like we're a phone. Like you got to go recharge every now and then. Not bad. But you know when your phone's like on really low battery and everything starts freaking out, like with the, your computer as well. Yeah. Like the connection gets slow and everything, but no, you just gotta. Yeah. Go I mean, personally, when it comes to like studying, especially, I find that like if I stop in the middle of an assignment, it's gonna take me a bit when I come back to it to sort of get back into the rhythm of it. But if I like get done with a task or something and then take my break afterwards and then I'm like ready to start the next one after I'm done with my break, that's what works for me because if I stop in the middle of something, I'm going to be all off track when I get back. But it just depends on what works for you. You'll sort of know when you get to that point where you're, everything's just, you're getting confused, you're getting, you know, stressed out from what you're doing and maybe that's the time you take your break. But it's just whatever works for you when it comes to that. So what's, do you have another tip for that uh, to share with us, Bryn? Yeah. So another tip that I just have for time management in general is something that I've developed and learned um, over the years is, you know, I've tried to plan out my days before and that sometimes works. Like I still love having like a little to-do list every day and knowing when I have specific times where I have to do stuff or be at places but something that I found very, very beneficial just for overall life balance is planning out the week and really making sure that you go through every day, you write down everything that you already have planned that you know you'll be at at a specific time. And then you write down, you know, the gaps of time that you might have free. And then you look at like everything that you have. May it be homework, you know, your job you know, maybe, you know, a social time, anything. And you got to place based off of what you want to prioritize the most, then you place and fill those gaps. And that's something that's really helped me with like balancing everything in my life. Because then if I have those periods of time throughout the week that I know, hey, I know I can get all these assignments done by these due dates with these times, and then, hey, maybe Thursday night I have free to go hang out with somebody, you know. So I have that reassurance that I have the time that I know I need to complete everything. And so I think it just helps because, like I said, then those extra gaps you can fill with social things and you know already that you have everything else planned out. And so you don't worry about it. And so... Yeah, that's something that's helped me out a lot is not planning out every day specifically, but planning out the whole week to have everything fit in. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, I've definitely done that before. I mean, I don't do it every week, but sort of like time blocking is what that sounds like. Um, and when you mm -hmm. sort of time block, yeah. you can sort of take like a step back and see like, okay, what do I definitely have to do? What, um, you know, like I have a doctor's appointment at... 10 a.m. like okay you got to be there and then like what are some tasks that I need to get done this week that's sort of like your to-do list 
and then you combine those together to sort of see what fits where. I think that's a really effective thing because if you sort of just look at your day and you're like, and you look at your long weekly to-do list and you're like, how am I going to get all this done today? But it doesn't have to be done in a day if you have to, if you can spread it out over the week. So that's really effective because then you can sort of look at a glance and be like, okay, I'm going to take my breaks here or here's when I'm going to go have lunch with a friend or something like that. And, you know, I feel like it takes some stress off of you too because you can see ahead of time that you do have enough time to get your work done and that you will have enough time for those fun social things you want to do. So you can sort of know that you're not going to be stressed like, oh, I'm going to be working 24-7 or, oh, I'm not going to get all my work done. And it sort of takes that stress off of you when you can look at your week at a glance. I think that's a really good, a really good idea. I've definitely done that before. Um, my next tip, I think, is, and this one, I mean, it's a little, maybe a little controversial, but try doing a few lower priority tasks before your high priority task. Let me explain that a little bit. So let's say the end of, you know, in three days, I have a paper due, right? And I mean, it's not too crazy. It's not going to take super long. It's not going to take the whole three days, right? So instead of starting on that paper right now and sort of dragging it out and taking my time and, you know, um, just sort of taking extra time to do it because I have, oh, I have three days maybe do a couple smaller tasks in the morning, you know, like I'm going to take a quiz or I'm going to read a chapter of my book and then work on your paper because you have that hard deadline for the paper. And so if you do a couple smaller tasks beforehand, you'll get more than just the paper done in that amount of time. Because I find that if you have like a hard deadline for something before if I do, that I'll just focus on that for until that deadline. I'll get it, I'll get it done, but then I've neglected like other tasks that I could have gotten done as well. So as long as you're not like putting off that high priority task and not getting it done in time, uh, as long as you can still manage it and get everything done, doing a couple smaller things first will get you sort of in the working mindset and you'll sort of be like in the flow and then you can sort of move on to that higher priority thing. But now you've accomplished more than, you've accomplished something already. Like you can sort of check something off and then you move on to what you know has to get done. I find that because sometimes it's hard when you see like, oh, I have to read some chapters in my textbooks. Like no one wants to do that. So you'll sort of push that to the back burner for a while. But if you sort of get that done ahead of a high priority thing, now you're getting multiple tasks done at once. You know, I think that's, that's something I try to do. Yeah, I definitely agree. That is something, even though like I haven't thought of it in that way, like I've unknowingly started doing that the past year yeah. just because I get up early. I like to get up at least around seven or eight every morning. And so what I do is I do do those kind of smaller things when I get up in the morning. So by time it's like I eat my first meal at 11 or noon, then I've got that food in me. And then I just go straight into the hard stuff. Cause like mm -hmm. you said, I'm kind of like in the vibe in the flow already of wanting to work on stuff. Um, and then, like you said, you feel like you've accomplished already and the day's still ahead of you. So um, it's a really good feeling to do that every day. So yeah, yeah, that's I agree cool. with you. That sort of leads into the next thing I wanted to mention. And that was to, I mean, we talk about to-do lists all the time and they're great to sort of visualize what you have to get done. But 
make sure you're having either you're checking it off you're doing something or you're writing a done list i like to call it so you can sort of also visualize what you've accomplished and you get that sense of like you know oh i'm getting stuff done like uh and it sort of motivates you to keep going when you see what you have done that day um and i'll i'll sort of do that for smaller things too whether it's like you know i need to go run a couple errands i'll write that on my list or i need to give my dog a bath or whatever and then you can sort of move that over to your done list and sort of visualize at a glance what you have done for the day. And so you, it will motivate you to keep going. That's something I try to do. Oh my gosh. Crossing something off a list, y'all, is the most satisfying thing ever. It's so, <laughs> so great. It's like a mini reward. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. And I love when I've done so much throughout the day and I've, like, crossed out so much that I have to, like, rewrite my list. To, like, get all the clutter out. Oh, that's, like, such a good feeling. <laughs> but um, another tip that I kind of have about time management is get on a sleep schedule, people. Okay? I know it's hard with everything with school and maybe you want to go out one night and then you want to watch TikToks till 3 a.m. No. Okay, you got to get a little more structure going because your body really actually, you know, responds to a sleep schedule and it actually functions a lot better that way. Um, it's like the whole circadian rhythm and all that stuff. I, I won't go too much into it, but just know that you're going to be more productive. You'll feel more energetic and your day is just going to be better in general if you get on a set sleep schedule because your body's going to be used to it then. And so... Personally, like I said, I tend to want to wake up earlier. I feel like I get more done throughout my day if I wake up earlier and I start out. I feel like I start out before everyone else. And so it makes me feel like I'm ahead of everyone. Um, but yeah, so I usually go to bed around by 11 and then I'll wake up at 7 or 8. And that's what I try to do every day. And like I said, the moment I step out of doing that for like two days or more, I can feel it physically like it really takes a toll on you you don't realize how it is until you get in that schedule and break it off so um that's something i definitely recommend for y'all if you don't feel like you're on a set sleep schedule or you stay up all night and you wonder why you need so much coffee during the day like just try and fix that it's free and you know you can get and do whatever you want go to bed whatever time you want to set it at, wake up whatever time you want to set it at. So, yeah, just try it out. I agree because, I mean, I'm not the best at that. Recently, I have been waking up earlier, which has been really helpful because I'm definitely more of a night owl. But you sort of, okay, like recently I've been waking up probably around no later than 8. You know, eight's sort of like a good time for me when, for when I go to bed. But the other day I slept in till 10 not really meaning to, it just sort of happened, and then I felt kind of bad the whole day, I was sort of like disappointed, I was like, ugh, you know, I've wasted the morning, you know, and it's like, I could have been done this, and could have done that, and whatever, you just sort of get in sort of like a bad mood, or at least I did, and um, I don't know, so like, even if you're not going to be getting up to the crack of dawn or whatever, that's fine, because like, I do work better in the evening for a lot of things, like, so maybe my sleep schedule is going to be a little later than Brent's. But if it's consistent, not only are you going to be 
able to keep your schedule during the day similar, but you're also going to be making sure you're getting enough sleep at night. Because I know when I don't get enough sleep, like this weekend, I had to be at work um, really early. Um, and so I didn't, I mean, honestly, I didn't go to bed that much earlier. So I was pretty tired all day. And I noticed how my mood and just my productivity, how I felt sort of off during the day. So if you are getting enough sleep, you're going to be able to get through that to-do list a lot easier. You're not going to get all groggy and take that afternoon nap or anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, no matter what time your sleep schedule is, as long as it works for you and the rest of your day and it's consistent, I think that's great. Yeah, that it definitely is the biggest point is just the consistency part of it. Because like you said, you're a night owl and that's great. I'm an early bird. That's great. Just find out what works for you and what's going to make you feel the best and be able to manage everything in your life um, in the best way possible. So I agree. My next one, and this is no one's going to like hearing this. Okay. Just, just listen up though. <laughs> Put we love phone. that. We're bold on here. Yes, yes. We are bold. Give you the hard hard stuff to do and the, the bold tips. So put your phone on airplane mode when you're studying, when you're getting work done during the day. Um, I'm the worst about that. I'll be, you know, I'll just be doing my assignments, doing my tests, and then you'll hear that little ding, and I'm like, hmm, what was that? I wonder what that was. Let me let me just check. I'll only look at it for a minute just to see what that notification was. Uh, and does it ever work out that way? No. Then you look at the <laughs> clock and it's been 30 minutes. And now when I go back to whatever the assignment I was working on, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not in the mindset of that assignment. I'm having to get back into I'm like, okay, what was I writing about? What was I thinking about? And I'm totally thrown off because I took an un- like an unintended break. I mean, breaks can be good if you plan them, but these like checking every phone notification you get, that's not gonna not gonna be good for anybody. So try putting it on airplane mode and only turn take it off for those breaks that you schedule for yourself, because mm -hmm. that'll just make your workflow be so much better. Oh yeah, I'm the same way. Like I said earlier, like with the TikToks and stuff, like you got to put some sort of limit because I know I'll get on there and spend an hour sometimes. But I actually put my phone sometimes in the closet during the day, especially if I know it's like a busy like schoolwork day and I have a lot of important assignments I need to get done. I'm like, no, the phone's got to go for the day. It is in the closet. I try to mentally just put it out of my sight. I don't want to see it because my brain, knowing the way it is, you know, with all the dopamine and everything, your brain's <laughs> just going to see the phone and be like, oh, oh, and then before you know it, it's in your hand. You're like, how did that happen? I know. I don't know. I know. So outside, out of mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. You do not need, contrary to popular belief, you don't need your phone to do your work or your school assignments. You don't. You really don't yeah. even try to rationalize and say you do. You don't. So put it away where you can't see it, and that's going to be just the best thing for everybody. Yes, for sure, for sure. Another thing that I think is really helpful is – to have a dedicated workspace to work in. So what I mean by that is don't take your computer and go prop up and sit in your bed and, you know, do your little class in bed kind of thing. No, don't do that because that's just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to chill and, you know, scroll on my computer now because I'm just in bed. It's like more chill and relaxing. No. That's not going to be a conducive, like, 
environment to be productive in. So, I mean, whether that's a desk that you have, if you don't have a desk, go to your kitchen table, like anywhere that's not like somewhere that you do something else, if that makes sense, like a dedicated place to work will get you in that work mindset. Like think if you're working in a job, right? Like an office job. And I mean, back when you went into the office, you go into the office and the only thing you do there is work. Like you don't hang out with friends. You don't watch TV there. All it's there for is getting your work done. And so you have to sort of replicate that at home, whether that's working from home, doing school, homework, whatever, and create a good workspace that has everything you need. And it's not like, a place that you, you know, do something else like sleeping in. Like, that's just not going to be a productive environment. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I try to practice that every day because I know I, when we started working from home, I tried to work on my recliner that I like to relax in, and it just was not good because my brain, your brain associates certain things with certain, like you said, activities or certain mindsets. And so, like, my brain associates recliner with relaxing at nighttime and turning everything off, you know? So when I sit in there with my trying to do my schoolwork, my brain doesn't understand that because it's like, we're supposed to be relaxing right now. Um, but yeah, so that didn't work. So I definitely do try to, you know, separate everything that I do have, you know, you got the kitchen for eating. And then I have one bedroom that we have upstairs at my house that I, you know, am in right now that I do anything work oriented with. And so this is like my little mini office that I come into. Um, and another thing that I do, it's not necessarily work related, but, and this is another little controversial bold tip that we have here from me, um, is in my bedroom, I don't have a television and that's because I think my bedroom is, you know, my sanctuary. It's where I go to sleep at night. And so I don't have a TV in there because I find it to be very distracting. And also, I mean, you shouldn't be watching much TV before bed because that's just going to mess with your melatonin levels anyways. And I talked a little bit about the circadian rhythm and your sleep schedule. So if you're trying to really get a good sleep schedule, get that TV out. You have a living room, I bet, or something. So you can try and get it out. Or like, you know, if you don't want to permanently remove it, just try and like take it out for a week and experiment with it and see what you think. Because that's another thing with time management is a really a lot of it and mastering it for yourself is just experimenting with different things and figuring out what works best for you. But like I said, taking the TV out of my room just helps a lot with, you know, keeping it my sanctuary. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree a lot with that tip of just finding physical ways to separate things because it helps a lot mentally to have those boundaries then as well. Yeah, I like that one. That's really good. Um, and honestly, these days, you don't even really need a TV in your room. I mean, you're probably going to have one in your living room. You're going to have your computer to watch stuff on, you know, Netflix on your computer or whatever. So I like that. Um, my next one is the two-minute rule. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but I recently did. And it's basically where 
you know, during the day, if you come across like a little to do or a little task and um, maybe it's not on your list or whatever, but you can complete it in around two minutes, don't just do it right away. Don't put that off till later. You know, let's say your professor emailed you and you need to reply to them. Just go ahead and do it if you can do it quickly. Because often it's found that putting off those small little tasks till later at the end of the day will actually make them take longer than if you just address them right away when they came up. So you're saving time, you're getting a little something done, and it's sort of just as long as you can get it done in that two-minute time to just do it right away. So I think that can be really helpful because you'll have stuff pop up all the time that is just like an unforeseen little task, you know, your boss assigned you something small or whatever, you have to make a phone call, just go ahead and get those things done because if you don't, sometimes I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, I'll do that later, like after lunch or whatever. And then I forget about it after lunch. And then it's like, if I had just done it when I saw it, I would have, wouldn't have forgotten, you know what I mean? So I think that's something important to remember because like to-do lists are great, but if you can, if you have to divert for two minutes, like and you can get back to what you're doing, then that's fine. Yeah, I've never heard of that, but that is a really good thing. Like, honestly, because I know when I've put off stuff like that, um, you forget about it. And, like, when it's fresh in your mind, I think it's way better to do. Because, like you said, if you wait later, you got to rethink through it all. And you might forget something that you initially thought about. And then you're taking longer because you got to think about it. And then, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to try and do that. The two minute rule. Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any more tips. Do you have any more? Yeah, I have one more. And that is to try um, exercising at the beginning of your day. Like if you plan to work out a couple times a week, maybe do that in the morning shortly after you wake up. And it'll sort of energize you and get you like, get you awake, get your mind going. And then that's one thing you don't have to do after work. So you can, or school or whatever. So you have more free time in the evening, but you're also just more energized and it gets you going, you know, like you're not going to be sitting down at your desk and like half asleep, you know, still yawning because you've already gotten going in the morning with that exercise. So whether that's going to the gym, going for a walk or whatever, try it in the morning and see if that helps get you going for your day. I I agree with that definitely because I and I always try to like bring in the sciencey stuff. I don't know why. I I wanted to be a doctor at one point. So I think that's why I'm still so interested in all this, you know, hormones and different things like that and how they play into everything. But it is shown that if you exercise in the morning, you do get, you know, serotonin levels go up from exercise and so you're able to actually enjoy the benefits of having the serotonin throughout your whole day whereas if you work it at night you still get that spike in serotonin but you're asleep the whole time so yeah you know sometimes when I when I work out at night sometimes it actually keeps me from falling asleep for a little while you know so that's kind of can be a downfall of that but yeah that was my last tip and so I um, hope you guys learned a little bit about how to be a little more productive and manage your time a little better. It can be so hard with all of our, you know, obligations to <laughs> juggle it all, but hopefully these tips helped you guys a little bit. Yes, for sure. I, I know. I'm like, this semester, I think it's also just because 
all of last year, I felt like I was doing absolutely nothing. And now I'm like going a hundred miles an hour this semester. And so it feels even like busier compared to last year. And so, um, yeah, this has flown by, honestly. I know. Um, I was just thinking the other day um, about how little time there is till graduation. And I was like, I couldn't believe there's only a couple weeks left. Yeah, because y'all, right now, me and Jamie, where we're at in the semester, we have, I think, two weeks of classes and then finals week, and that's it. Wow. I'm going to think about that. I mean, I'm, okay. I sort of mixed <laughs> Let's feelings. Let's out of our minds. I know. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm definitely sort of over being a student and sort of, like, ready to be done in a way. I guess I have a little senioritis, if you want to call it that, but also it's sort of just, like, the comfort of, knowing that you have classes and you have like things to do and like you sort of know what's what you're doing you sort of got a handle on it in school and then that's going to be over and sort of into the unknown kind of thing um it's a little makes me a little nervous but i'm still i don't know definitely mixed emotions but i'm ready to ready to graduate definitely yeah i've had like senioritis for a while y'all it's my fifth year i'm super senioritis over here i'm just don't even care anymore <laughs> i haven't cared for a while now but um i think i think you're good girl even though it is scary going into the unknown i think i know you you've got the internship lined up with a good company yep. and it's probably gonna turn into a full-time offer if i had to oh, guess so fingers crossed um, right yeah, we'll see. I actually had the final round of interviews for a position today, and I had to do a business case presentation, so that was fun. That's when you know it's serious. We'll if, you're doing, if you're doing presentations, you know it's serious. <laughs> Very much. So I'll, I'll update that, um, y'all, on that next week, because they should get back to me later. This Fingers week, crossed so. for you. They hope. Sending good vibes. I'm telling you. I'm I, that was one thing. I'm like, I want to have something lined up, whether it be like you have an internship or a job, something. I just was like, mm -hmm. I do not want to graduate and have nothing, even though that's fine. Yeah. Just personally, my personality, I was like, I just want to have something. I don't yeah. care what it is, just something. But shifting but, into okay. a little bit lighter of a topic, let's get into our Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier. Let's relax a bit. I don't know if it's lighter, actually. Well, you know, this show is yeah. kind of trying to get a little twisted. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I kind of forgot some of it already, but I'm going to do my best. I remember the highlights. So I'll give y'all the highlights of the show recap. So, essentially, you know, we're starting off right after John Walker killed that guy, smashed his face in with the shield. Yeah, gruesome stuff, y'all. Um, so he's going crazy. He's like, what the hell did I just do? He's freaking out. He's like, my best friend just died. You know, he's just going crazy. And so Sam and Bucky eventually catch up with him. And they're like, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, he literally just did this. And so they all start fighting and everything. It was a really good scene. And um, they knock him out. They knocked John Walker out. So that was good because he was already annoying me at this point. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I'm not going to lie y'all, I feel bad for him because, I mean, this episode, they kind of do go a little more into, like, you know, 
him and the pressure of wanting to be Captain America. And then he goes, visits his best friend's family. And they're like, he was so proud of you, you know, for, you know, when you got that and he's always been by your side. And I was like, okay, I kind of feel bad for this guy now. Like that is pretty sad. You know, it's probably hard trying to live up to the expectations of that role. So, um, the episode kind of goes a little more into that um, on his side, but with Bucky and Sam, um, you know, they have that little feud with John Walker at the beginning. And then Bucky goes off and tries to find out where Zemo's at. And <laughs> you think he's going to actually kill him at first when he goes and sees him, but he doesn't, he hands him over to the Wakandan women and they take him because they hate him. <laughs> so, I thought that was a funny part. But um, then at the end, it's kind of more of like, this episode's kind of like Sam just trying to grapple with like the shield and what Cap wanted him to really, you know, like why did he give him the shield? You know, all of that stuff. And like Bucky just tries to like reassure him that, you know, like Steve knew what he was planning. Like, he knew what he was talking about when he gave you the shield. So, like, don't feel bad about yourself or don't think you're good enough. And, like, you know, Sam, he also goes and visits – um forgot the guy's name, but he's the other super soldier. He's the African-American super soldier that, you know, they go visit. And so they kind of have a dialogue about race and everything and how – you know, Sam kind of feels like, you know, America might not want an African-American Captain America. And like, how does that look and everything? But, you know, I think everything and everyone's just trying to tell him that, you know, Cap knew what he was doing when he gave you the shield. He knows who you are and what you represent. And he knows that you are meant to take this over. And so I think that's pretty much the main premise of this episode is just him trying to grapple with that. And at the end, they start throwing the shield. He's getting into it. He's like finally getting down with it. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then the funniest thing happens, y'all. So they're at this point, they're back down in Louisiana with um, Sam's sister, Sarah. And so when Bucky Fritz gets there, y'all, he's on the boat, and he's like, oh, hey, Sarah, and he's, like, legit flirting with Sam's sister, and it's hilarious, and Sam is not down for it. He's like, no, you ain't, you ain't doing my sister like that. Like, we're not, no, but it was really funny. It's probably the best part of the episode to me, but, um, yeah, and so that's pretty much the end, and then they have, oh yeah, the ending kind of ends off on a cliffhanger because up in New York, they're having this press conference for the, it's like the, the GRC, which is like the, the replacement council, something like that. It's for the people after the blip, you know, they try to help out the people who have been displaced. And so they're having this big convention conference up there and the rebel group is actually going to, you know, try and take over it while they're there up in New York. And so um, Bucky and Sam kind of figure out about everything. And so the episode ends with them going like about to go up there and Sam's about to open this box, but you don't see what's in it. It just ends on that. And so a lot of people think it's Captain America's suit and that he's going to put it on. 
And so, yeah, so it might be kind of things might be shifting at this point. And we don't know, like, he might not be the Falcon anymore. He might become Cal Captain America, the second Captain America, or the third. You know, John Walker doesn't really count as the second Captain America. I'm just going to say that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much a recap of the episode. It was, it was kind of a slower episode, but it was still good. They kind of grappled and went through some, some tough things. And now I think the next episode, which is, I think is the finale, if I'm not mistaken, it, the shit's going to go down, y'all. Sorry about my language. It's going down, okay? And I'm ready for it. So, yeah, that's my little recap. What you got for us, Jamie? Okay, um, so this week on our little binge recommendation, um, this is a mini-series that actually came out in 2018, and it's on Netflix. Um, and so I actually just, it just popped into my head before we started recording this episode, because I watched it back shortly after it came out, but it stuck with me. Like, I think it was a really good little show, right? So I don't remember fully everything that happened in the show because it's been a while. So I am going to read the summary I got on Rotten Tomatoes and then just talk a little bit more about it. But anyway, it's really good. So the show is called Maniac. And it is, like, I think there's 10 episodes in the series, and they're between, like, 25 and 45 minutes long. They, like, vary in length. But it's only meant to be one season. So, like, it was designed to just be those 10 episodes for the whole story. So, anyway, I'm going to read the summary now. So, it's set in a world somewhat like our world in a time quite similar to our time. Maniac tells the stories of Annie Landsberg, played by Emma Stone, and Owen Milgram, who's played by Jonah Hill, Two strangers drawn to the late stages of a mysterious pharmaceutical trial, each for their own reasons. Annie, who has borderline personality disorder, is disaffected and aimless, fixated on broken relationships with her mother and her sister. Owen, the fifth son of a wealthy New York industrialist family, has struggled his whole life with a disputed diagnosis of schizophrenia. Neither of their lives have turned out quite right, and the promise of a new radical kind of pharmaceutical treatment a sequence of pills its inventor, Dr. James K. Mantleray, who's played by Justin Thoreau, claims can repair anything about the mind, be it mental illness or heartbreak, draws them and 10 other strangers to the facilities of Neverdean Pharmaceutical and Biotech for a three-day drug trial that will, they're assured, with no complications or side effects whatsoever, solve all of their problems permanently. Things do not go as planned. And that's how the, the summary ends off there. So basically... From what I remember in the show, it starts out sort of showing their, like, struggles and, like, what they're dealing with mentally with their, you know, just in their lives. And it's sort of set in, like, a kind of futuristic world, kind of, and then some of it sort of seems like modern day. It's like a mix. Um, but, like, for instance, one of the things that is sort of futuristic is there's something called Ad Buddy. And an ad buddy is a person who reads advertisements to someone else in exchange for, like, goods. So, like, to, like, get, like, food or something, you can, instead of you don't have money to pay for it, you can listen to a person read you advertisements to then get what you want that you couldn't pay for or something. So, it's sort of like taking ads that we watch on, like, we have them on YouTube videos, they're on TV like everywhere it's like taking that and putting it into real life so I thought that was kind of cool but anyway so these people they come into the drug trial 
and they are the drug different the drug trial sort of takes them like they'll take like pill a b and c throughout the trial and one of them basically they start doing these like hallucinate not hallucinate they're sort of like dreams fantasies that they go into that they can sort of like act out things and sort of help understand their mind a little better i guess but owen and the two main characters um owen and annie they're like dream fantasy that things that are induced by the pills they end up be going into them together and that does not like supposed to happen and they're supposed to be separate but they end up in most of theirs together and so like they'll be husband and wife in the 80s in suburbia in one of them they'll be in some like mob family in another one and like it's all these different like fantasy worlds and then they have some sort of like issue they have to work through but it's really interesting it's like really cool because all those different like fantasies that they go into because of the pills that, that they're on they are so different so it's like it's like watching a different show in each like episode because of that but it's just really cool it's um sort of like a darker like comedy drama kind of show and it has some like deep stuff but it's also pretty funny because of all the different like lives that they live throughout the different episodes and they keep finding each other in these episodes and then there's also like another storyline of the people that are running the drug trial and there's this like ai computer program that's sort of running the whole thing and it starts malfunctioning and so that's an issue too but it's a short little show you can bend pretty fast and it's sort of like it's not like something you've watched before i feel like it's pretty different but yeah i like it and it's got some pretty notable people playing the main roles so that's kind of cool but i would definitely check out maniac on netflix if you haven't heard of it i just happened to hear about it when it came out but i don't think it was ever super hyped or anything but yeah i liked it It was a pretty good show so have you heard of that one before bryn no, I haven't, but you're right. It has a really good cast. When you were naming off the people, I was like, okay. okay yeah. Yeah, yeah it was really good. good. It's pretty, pretty different, pretty crazy, but I liked it. And this is, from everything I remembered, was what I remember from watching it like two years ago or more than two years ago. So, um, yeah, it definitely sticks with you, but it's a fun little show. I would check it out. But um, if you guys want to... Um, check out She Speaking. Don't forget that we do have a website, an Instagram, and a Pinterest that you can check out in addition to our podcast. So you can find us at our website where we post weekly blog posts at shespeaking.weebly.com. And we are at She Speaking Blog is our handle on Instagram and Pinterest. And all of that info will be in the description of this podcast episode, just like always. So make sure to check out our other platforms because we are always posting great inspirational content on all of those as well as the podcast definitely check those out yes for sure and make sure y'all subscribe to our podcast where it be on spotify apple podcasts any of those platforms i'm not sure what we're all on but make sure to subscribe so you get all of our crazy content that y'all like and we post a new episode every Tuesday, so make sure to check it out next week. Yeah, make sure to listen to our past eight, what, eight episodes so far if you haven't been listening. If you just found us, you got eight eight episodes to go listen to, so. Go binge us as well. (laughs) Yeah, there's a 
binge listen to us. Yeah, there's another recommendation for you. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode today and we look forward to talking with y'all next week. Yep, see you then. Bye. Bye.